Central obesity and body structure predisposed towards obstructive sleep apnea. This is what my guest today shared which confirms Ayurveda's connection between weight accumulation and difficulty breathing. In today's episode, we answer three key questions. What are male-specific sleep disorders? Are there sleeping medications that can increase these symptoms that further imbalance sleep? When should men reach out to an expert for sleep disorders? Dr. N. Ramakrishnan is a healthcare entrepreneur who is American board certified in internal medicine, critical care medicine and sleep medicine and also has a master's degree in medical management from University of Southern California. He is currently the director of critical care services at Apollo Hospitals Madras and a senior consultant in critical care and sleep medicine. He is the first board certified sleep specialist to practice in India and established Nitra Institute of Sleep Sciences in 2004. He was also invited to meet the then Honorable President of India, Dr. APJ Abdul Kalam, who appreciated his contribution in the field of sleep medicine. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, author and yogini, and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, Let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Dr. Ramkrishnan, welcome back to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Your last episode we recorded maybe two years ago, but I know it was very well received and we went into a lot of detail. Uh, And we did hint even back then that we would have a conversation once again on male-specific sleep disorders. So today we are talking about male-specific sleep disorders. Um, And since you've already been on the show, anyone who's interested in your journey into the area of sleep can go back and listen to it over there. Today, we'll just jump into the conversation. Maybe we could begin with what are the different types of sleep disorders specific to men? Thank you for uh, asking me again to have a conversation with you. I enjoyed the earlier one and I'm sure I will continue to enjoy any more conversations with you on the sleep disorders. Uh, While we talk about sleep disorders, I just wanted to broadly first say what kind of sleep disorders we see. And then we will talk about which one is more specific for men. Now, when I say sleep disorders, the large number of that is what we call insomnia or people not able to sleep. So they may say that they are not getting enough sleep. 
invariably all of us may have had one or two nights when we did not sleep well that does not count as insomnia it is only when you have an untriggered lack of sleep you know like if you have had a you know party and you didn't sleep or if there is a bereavement and you don't sleep that doesn't count as insomnia if it is untriggered and if it is lasting two or more weeks then we would call it as insomnia and it requires some attention so the number one kind of sleep disorder that we think about is insomnia the second most common one or second group is what we call excessive daytime sleepiness these are people who have you know like a normal sleep or what they think is normal sleep but wake up not feeling fresh and feel extremely tired and sleepy throughout the daytime and often this is associated with snoring and we'll talk a little bit more and this is called obstructive sleep apnea and that's the second group of disorder that we think about the third group is what we call fragmented sleep pattern where they go to bed on time wake up on time but in between wake up several times and here there are a few disorders that are more common for men which we will talk about again in detail later on the fourth group is what we call as circadian rhythm disturbances where you know our body's rhythm has not been maintained appropriately for whatever reason whether it is jet lag or you know shift work or any of those that's another group of disorders and lastly but not least is what we call as parasomnias where there is something abnormal happening during sleep and by that abnormality i mean it could be sleep walking sleep talking sleep eating any of those and some of these are a little bit more common in men but it can potentially happen both in men and women so broadly these are the sleep disorders and now we can talk more specifically about each of these as you want yes so i think in the last episode you did hint at some of those Uh, being specific to men which is what prompted me to invite you back for this specific topic so and even now you spoke a little bit about how the obstructive sleep apnea could be seen more in men so maybe we can just talk about specifically where does that happen and perhaps also why is why are men more predisposed towards these specific challenges so let me start with obstructive sleep apnea first and uh, throughout the world uh, globally it is more common in men than women however post menopause women are also at risk of obstructive sleep apnea in general they almost say it's a 2 is to 1 before that age where you know it's twice as more common in men than in women Uh, it is thought to be related one you know there are diseases that are more common with genders without any specific reason but it's also thought to be related to the body structure how it is often having not only just obesity but having a larger neck size and having you know like a little bit more crowded uh, neck or a, what we call like a double chin any of those may be more common uh, in middle aged men that could be doing that it is also thought to be related to the central obesity or you know like the typical tummy that men develop in middle age it seems to be associated with that um it's basically the body structure that seems to be predisposing more often to men interestingly in india we do see a lot of what we call non obese obstructive sleep apnea where you know they are not obese but it is related to their what we call craniofacial structure their jaw might be little in you know some kind of structural changes might be leading to 
some of uh, the problems. Now, what is obstructive sleep apnea? Basically, as we are lying down and sleeping, as we get into deeper sleep, when our body muscles relax, the muscles around the breathing pipe, what we call the upper airway muscles, also tend to collapse. So you can imagine now the pipe is getting a little narrow. If you take a small pipe and you blow through that, you're going to make a noise. And that noise is what snoring is. Most people who snore think that they are having a sound sleep when in fact it is a sound making sleep and not really a sound sleep. And as the airway becomes narrower and narrower, the snoring or the noise becomes louder and louder. But more importantly, at some stage, the airway might completely close and there is no air moving to the lung. And therefore, they stop breathing and then sometimes wake up with a choking, you know, where they feel that they have stopped breathing. So often those who snore may not be aware of their own snoring, but if they're getting aware, that means they're probably even stopping breathing. And they may say that they have a dryness of the throat and they wake up often to go to the bathroom. All of these are symptoms at night for people with sleep apnea. But the bigger symptoms are during the daytime. You know, like often they say, oh, I have no problem with sleep because I go to bed, I snore and I sleep, I wake up and I can sleep anytime during the day as well. So they are so tired and sleepy during the daytime, um, particularly when they're sitting and doing nothing. If they're idle, they could feel sleepy. Uh, and it can also get to a point where if they have, even when they have to concentrate, like when they're driving or when they are at, um, you know, like work, they could potentially doze off and sleep. So the excessive sleepiness is a very important symptom of sleep apnea. And people who have sleep apnea, if it is not treated over a long period of time, they can develop medical complications. In addition to feeling sleepy and having accidents, sometimes feeling depressed, irritable, all of those. In addition to that, they develop medical complications and that includes high blood pressure, diabetes, if you don't have it, you can develop it. If you already have it, it could go out of control. It could also lead to heart disease and stroke. So if we have somebody whom we suspecting sleep apnea, then we do what is called a sleep study, where we look at you know, how they are breathing, how much their oxygen level is uh, you know, getting affected. And then we may have to treat them uh, depending on how severe it is, our treatment would be targeted. And uh, just remind me, doctor, we did speak a little bit about this in the previous episode about the sleep study. And I've done some episodes with people specifically on this. But uh, is this only uh, all night where somebody has to go somewhere or is it done at home? Because I've heard contradictory information about this, that the home sleep study is not as accurate. So there are different levels of what we call sleep study. Level one is what we consider as the gold standard where it somebody comes into a sleep lab and the various parameters are monitored like the EEG to look at their brain waves, the EMG to look at their muscle uh, tone because in deeper sleep the muscle tone comes down. It also looks at the nasal airflow, how you are breathing, what's your oxygen level, are you moving your legs a lot what's your heart rate, all of those are measured. And that's called a polysomnogram or what we classically call as level one polysomnogram. Level two is exactly the same, 
but it potentially can be done at home but it is very difficult because you have to send a technician home these are both attended studies so you can you know try to send a patient home i mean uh, send a technician home connect and then they may leave then it becomes an unattended study at home level two that's not done often at all Level three is the classic home sleep study that you were talking about, but that is what we call as limited sleep study or cardiopulmonary sleep study. The reason we say that is in this home study, we only monitor whether they are snoring, whether the snoring is affecting their breathing and their oxygen level and heart rate. So only four parameters are measured. So in the level three study. So as you rightly said, the limitation of that is if somebody is wearing it and does not sleep at all, then it is not going to give you the information. And I wouldn't know that they are not slept because we don't have EEGs in them. So I always say that in a limited sleep study, if you find that somebody has severe sleep apnea, then it's helpful. If you find that they don't have it, it does not exclude it because they potentially did not sleep and you are not getting a correct report. So would, would your recommendation then be to do the study a few times to make sure that uh, there is a proper so diagnosis? What we do is if, if I have a high clinical suspicion that somebody has sleep apnea and I would potentially go with a home study because, you know, it's still their natural environment. There are no EEGs. And if I find that it is positive, then I go ahead and treat it. If I have a high suspicion and the test comes out negative, then I might tell them, you know what, this is not probably liable and I may have to do a repeat study. So that's something that we take the call. Occasionally, there are people at home, they dislodge some of these and we don't get a good study and we may have to repeat it as well. So is the treatment for this always the CPAP machine or is are there, do you also recommend other uh, supportive, um, maybe more holistic approaches? Is there is there a word I can, I mean could I ask you this? I mean definitely yes because number one if obesity has been contributing to this yes losing weight will definitely help you. Alcohol has been clearly shown to worsen sleep apnea, and um, so that again you know like if that's an issue a holistic approach to get them off alcohol or detox would certainly help. Yoga, particularly, you know, like the breathing exercises, like the pranayama, has been shown to improve the muscle tone and reduce the severity of sleep apnea, although there aren't clear evidence that it could completely normalize it. Okay, so when we look at the sleep study, we go by the severity. If somebody has mild sleep apnea and does not have much symptoms, then I usually go with saying, you know what, First, let's try some weight loss, try to sleep on the side, do some yoga, breathing exercises. And if there are any other correctable factors like the, uh, you know, alcohol or smoking, you know, we work on that. If somebody has severe sleep apnea, then invariably they may end up needing CPAP um, therapy. If they are having moderate, then we go by the symptoms. If their symptoms are more like mild, then I may be okay with dealing with them dealing with them as mild sleep apnea but if they have other comorbidities if they already have uncontrolled blood pressure or uncontrolled diabetes or they are having a lot of symptoms they, some of them come and tell me i had an accident then i'm like you know what even if it's moderate you need to be uh, we get a lot of patients referred by diabetologists saying that diabetes is not coming under control so then we start treating them with cpap and it works 
And to just add, um, as of today, there are no medications to help and give them oral appliances that would help. There are also some surgeries that have been shown to help. So those are the ones that we can try. I think you put that beautifully, doctor. I mean, just that nuances come that you brought with your world of experience. There were so many subtle nuances there. And I was glad to hear you mention alcohol and smoking because at times the tendency is to ignore these aspects, which are very important. So um, let's go into other meal-specific sleep challenges. So I wanted to mention about what we call fragmented sleep pattern. So uh, fragmented sleep pattern, as I mentioned earlier, is like um, those who go to bed on time, wake up on time, but wake up frequently at night. And one of the commonest reasons in men for that is prostate-related problems as we advance in age. So most men, you know, 50s, 60s and more may have some what we call prostate hypertrophy, which leads to frequency of urination. You may feel like you're in complete urination. So that itself can disturb the sleep. And, um, you know, sometimes they come and ask for medications and I will tell them that unless you correct this underlying problem, whatever medication I give you, it's not going to help because the prostate is still going to make you wake up. And in fact, I'm worried about giving them medications because they may be drowsy when they go to the bathroom. And I do not want them to have a fall at that time because fall in the elderly is even worse if they develop a hip fracture and all that. So we are extremely cautious in um, giving that. So that is one of the fragmented sleep pattern that's more common in uh, So medicine. in that case, uh, um, apart from this, how do you suggest that? Do you send them to a urologist or are they specific that treatments so that that is resolved before looking at sleep? Yes. So we send them to a urologist to see, to keep them under control. Now, despite that, it may not fully come under control. So at that time, we can use some medications, but it also alerts me to cautiously use medications um, because there are some sleep medications that we use that can actually cause urinary retention. So, you know, like we need to be careful on what we are giving them and what we are, you know, treating them with. Yes, are there any other specific? Yeah, there is one more that is more common in men. I'm not saying it is only for men. And uh, that is what we call as REM behavioral disorders. Okay, Basically, um, this is a parasomnia where, you know, like they may wake up in the night screaming, you know, like, uh, or, you know, moving their body. Sometimes they may be agitated. Sometimes they may even be violent during these episodes and uh, the, you know these are the parasomnias that happen during what we call REM sleep um, just to quickly reiterate we have four stages of sleep stage one which is very light sleep stage two is our predominant sleep which is about 50 percent of our sleep stage three which is called slow waves or deep sleep and that's about 20 to 25 percent and REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep which during which period our body muscles are all relaxed, but our eyes are moving. So rapid eye movement sleep. And that's about 20 to 25% and happens roughly about every 90 to 120 minutes of our sleep. And it's denser towards the second half of the sleep. So we get more REM sleep in the second half of the sleep. So it can be really scary for the spouse sometimes. You know, they can be extremely violent looking, uh, you know, like they can scream, cry, all of that. And... Um, 
it is very much treatable. But the only thing is, it has also been shown to be associated with Parkinson's-like syndrome. So sometimes, you know, like they can develop Parkinson's disease or they may already have Parkinson's disease. So it's something that we keep in mind whenever we are dealing with REM behavioral disorders. But it's very much treatable with medications. But more importantly, we educate them a lot on the safety aspects. You know, when you are talking about holistics, that's an important thing. You know, it's not just always giving medications, making the room comfortable, making the room safe, making sure that there are no sharp objects. If they are, have a tendency to walk out of the room, maybe double locking the room so that, you know, it's safe. So all of those we explain to them. I think, doctor, in even though you're a sleep physician, what I really like about your approach is there's so many subtleties. And, you know, truly you are holistic because you go into all these little, little areas which might normally be overlooked, but which are so important. Uh, so is there, we don't have too much time today. Is there any... Could you wrap up this episode for us with maybe three top ways that you can um, advise men overall uh, who are struggling with sleep on what they can do, including when they should probably reach out to an expert uh, and what they can do overall? Sure. So in general, I want to reiterate the fact that any sleep disorder can happen in men or women, the broad categories by that I mean. But uh, in men specifically, I do want to mention about number one, obstructive sleep apnea, where they are snoring and waking up not feeling fresh and feeling kind of sleepy during the daytime and potentially could have complications, both you know related to the sleepiness related to psychosocial issues that are related like feeling sleepy at work you know like all of those and medical complications including hypertension diabetes heart disease and stroke so sleep apnea is extremely common very treatable i also want to reiterate that everybody who snores may not have sleep apnea but everybody who has sleep apnea will snore so if you are snoring and you have any of these symptoms or have comorbidities please reach out and get tested and treated Number two, prostate problems are common as uh, we advancing age and in men and uh, it could disrupt your sleep and fragment your sleep. It's important to see your urologist first and make sure that that comes under control. And despite that, if you are having trouble sleeping or disturbed, please do reach out to the sleep physicians to get treated. And number three, we talked about uh, REM-related parasomnias or REM behavioral disorders, which happen uh, particularly during the REM sleep, which is more common in the second half of sleep, can be extremely scary for the spouse where they are screaming, crying, can be agitated, and it can be associated with Parkinson's-associated syndromes. Once again, um, safety is the priority there, but we also need to treat them with medications as required. Wonderful, doctor. Could you just remind us where people can come if they want to consult you? Also, do you, uh, do you, uh, can somebody outside Madras consult you in any way if they have, or is it that they have to meet you in person? So I uh, practice as a sleep medicine consultant, both at Apollo Hospitals in Chennai, but I have my own setup called Nitra Sleep Clinic in uh, Chennai. And we get patients from all over the world. In fact, today I saw two patients who are from Middle East. 
the advantage is number one, uh, it's a comprehensive sleep clinic where we only practice sleep medicine. We see all kinds of sleep problems and nothing else. Although my, you know, I'm trained in internal medicine and critical care. In my sleep clinic, I see only sleep-related problems and let the other doctors handle all the other chronic medical problems. And uh, Nitra Sleep Clinic is uh, available in Chennai, but we do a lot of telemedicine consultations. So we do online consultations. In fact, there are ways in which we even organize portable home sleep studies outside Chennai through our, our other network and then we follow up over the internet or you know like the telemedicine platforms. Good to know doctor thank you for giving your time today and it was a short episode but filled with knowledge as always when I speak with you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for giving an opportunity to spread the message on the sleep disorders, which are extremely common and need to be treated. Understanding predispositions can be key in preventing any metabolic disease. In my book, How to Sleep Better, the miraculous 10-step protocol to recharge your mind and body by Harper Collins, I go into how you can rebalance your whole body using functional medicine, Ayurveda and yoga. I have guided practices to restore balance within my healing digestion course and blissful sleep course which you can get at www.ohahealth.com. Have a great day. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions of whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same. The podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability, loss, risk, personal or otherwise which may be incurred as a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application adoption of any of the information provided.